All right, guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So in this episode, I'm going to touch on muscle lengths. Quick update on myself, first of all. So I'm recording this just after finishing a deload week, and uh, it's definitely helped in regards to wee aches and pains, wee niggles, that sort of thing, uh, because I was just, I felt like I just hit a brick wall in regards to my training. Like uh, I tweaked like my back and also my trap. Oh, your trap is a part of your back, but... I tweaked a few things in the same session and then uh, my hip was sore at the end of that week. So yeah, I think it's just a case of needing to back off because I'm feeling much better from it, which is good. And uh, looking forward to having another productive run of training. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely done its job. I st- I'm still not, abs- I'm itching to train a wee bit more, but I'm still not absolutely buzzing to get in the gym, which is a good sign you've mitigated fatigue, that you've dropped fatigue. So that's not quite present yet. However, I'm definitely better anyway. And you don't need to be 100% fresh as possible to return after a devolume week anyway. And uh, in terms of why I'm touching on this episode, which is going to be on muscle lengths. So if we understand all about muscle lengths, it allows us to make smarter decisions in the gym. For example, if we know which length we train muscles at, uh, or if we know the length of each muscle group and uh, where we build muscle best and our strength in each length, we can then base our exercises, base our training and our exercise selection around that. If that makes sense. So, for example, it can let you distinguish or help you understand if this exercise is going to be a good exercise or not. Uh, and if that exercise not not that it's necessarily bad if it doesn't load a certain position, but it doesn't or might not want to make up the bulk of your training for a certain muscle group. So, first of all, what do I mean by length? It might seem strange me talking about length. So, basically, our muscles shorten and lengthen, meaning they get shorter and longer, just like a elastic band. And to some extent, they do have the same elasticity is elastic band because when we are in a certain position uh, we can potentially have more tension through our joints and ligaments but uh, that's jumping right ahead so yeah, first of all we basically our muscles if you could visualize them just for now like an elastic band or a balloon or something like that that join onto two different joints when we move them we stretch and shorten them for example your your quad your quad attaches uh, to the top of your leg and also just above your hip, one of the muscles in your quad, and they join on below the knee joint. And the reason why this is good to understand is because we know if we want to train our quad, therefore if we, let's say, bend our leg, like if you do that classic like quad stretch when you like grab your leg and hold it and pull it to your butt, that's going to stretch your quad because you are basically bending your knee more which is causing it to stretch which is causing the muscle to lengthen again think about it like elastic band the elastic band will get longer and then there'll be less tension on the elastic band when our leg is stretched because the two ends of your quad will be closer to each other if that makes sense so it will be more bunched up if that makes sense uh so yeah you'll like the same applies to your bicep as well your bicep basically start or its origin insertion is the shoulder joint and then uh, well not the shoulder joint but yeah 
round up at the shoulder. You don't need to know specifics for this. Uh, it's up at the shoulder, and then it ends just below your elbow joint. So it joins onto like uh, the bone that's in your forearm, if that makes sense. Uh, so in terms of it's actually it's called the like yeah. So it will join onto below your forearm. So why why does this matter? Why do we need to know this? It lets us be aware of how to get a full range of motion for a muscle group. And yeah, when you see a muscle bunch up, that is it getting shorter. So yeah, and when the muscle gets stretched out and it appears flatter, that's usually it getting longer. And you usually feel a stretch in a muscle group, a typical one is your hamstring. And you also get a good squeeze when it's contracted or when it's fully short. Uh, for example, when you're in a stretch position or in the middle position, you don't really get a good contraction. So that's a good way to find out what length of muscle is. So yeah, think about a balloon. When you push it, it gets thicker and shorter. When you pull it, it gets thinner and longer. Muscles are quite similar. And in terms of another few examples, just so you are definitely aware. So bottom of a bench press, when we have the bar on our chest, that's our chest lengthened as well as the shoulders and triceps. At the top, that is our chest, shoulders and triceps somewhat shortened. They might not be fully short, as short as they can possibly be. But I'm just giving you examples for the case of this episode. Next up, a bottom of a row. Your back is stretched. The top of a row, your back is shortened. When you're at the top of a row, your biceps are also somewhat shortened as well. And now that we know roughly when our muscles are shortened and lengthened, when they're fully contracted, fully squeezed, when they're bunched up, or, or when they're lengthened, meaning when they're stretched, when they're thinner and longer, we can then go on to learning about our capabilities and strength for each muscle length. So our muscles are weakest when they are short, when they are fully contracted. And then they are stronger in the middle length. And then they are weak, but not as weak in the stretch position. And the reason being is we've also got passive tension to make us stronger in the stretch position. And what passive tension is, is basically tension that is not active, not from our muscle, from things like tendon and ligaments that are going to aid our ability to get out that stretch position and aid in our strength in that position as well. So from this, knowing that, we can then pick exercises that somewhat match the difficulty. What this means is we basically want exercises, for the most part, that are heavy in the middle part of the rep and the lengthened part of the rep or the stretched position. For example, a good a good one to talk about is like a squat. A squat that will load our quads in the stretched position and the middle position, where a leg extension won't. And not that a leg extension is bad, like I said at the start, just because it's not the best place we build muscle doesn't mean we can't train in that position because there is benefits to a leg extension beside that but I'm not going to get into that but basically what that basically tells us is if let's say we had to choose one exercise to train our quads it would probably be best choosing a squat over a leg extension due to the fact it trains in the middle and stretch position as that's where we build muscle best and we are also strongest in this position uh, due to basically having the greatest amount of mechanical tension we can produce. Like I said, our muscles are weakest in the short position. So if, let's say, we're doing an exercise which is really heavy in that position, we're going to be limited by that, by our ability to shorten or contract the muscle. Whereas if we're not, then 
we can lift a lot of load in the middle and lengthen range and as a result get the most from the movement and another example is the bench press the bench press at the bottom it's heavy at the top when you're locking out it's really light which is why you can rest there in between reps easy uh, because if let's say instead of resting in between reps at the top of a bench press you rested at the bottom you'd be absolutely battered and you probably wouldn't get as much reps so that's because we are basically at the exercise is hard and the lengthened and mid position and uh, another example is let's say uh we'll go with what like a a bicep curl so a bicep curl when we think about it well no a bicep curl is not the best example sorry we'll go on to like a deadlift variation let's say we're doing a stiff leg deadlift that will be heaviest in the stretch position and the middle of the movement and it will be light at the top because your joints become stacked that is therefore you could say a good exercise to train uh, so we want to basically build the exercises we choose over where we can build the most muscle which is the middle and stretch position of a lift if that makes sense so what does that also tell us that also tells us it's probably a good idea to use a full range of motion so we're getting into that lengthened position the stretch position of a muscle uh, because if we're not then we're potentially missing out on muscle growth as a result of that and uh, it also tells us that like i said we should be placing the bulk of our exercises in positions where we're not focusing on on the squeeze or getting a good contraction but we're focusing on getting a good stretch and uh yeah taking our muscles through most of the time a full range of motion that is that we've still got tension on the muscle for example what i mean by this is you don't need to let's say take a muscle through extra range of motion if it's not going to have tension on it for example you don't need to clang the dumbbells together at the top of a dumbbell press because there's no tension on our chest there so we don't need to do that it's not really necessary it's not going to further benefit us so going on to sensation so sensation is basically when we like feel a muscle when we feel a contraction when we get a good squeeze or a good contraction and like i said we have a better sensation in the shortened position we can also get good sensation when we're stretching a muscle for example a stiff leg deadlift if you keep your legs super straight your chest super tall and your back nice and arched you will get a great stretch on your hamstrings but for the most part when people talk about sensation it's when they get a good squeeze in a muscle and that's when you are training it in the shortened position however like i said this isn't where we grow muscle best so although you get a good squeeze yes a squeeze is good but we like it feels nice but that doesn't mean it's automatically a good exercise like i said before a leg extension we get a great squeeze however that doesn't stretch our muscle whereas a squat stretches our muscle and loads it in that stretch position so you could say that's a better exercise but we don't get a good squeeze we don't feel it good on the squat but that doesn't make it a bad exercise so that's the important thing to remember so don't base your exercises on where you get a good squeeze it, it is good to generally connect with a muscle group but there's some circumstances you won't connect with a muscle group for example no one gets a good squeeze at the bottom of a squat when they're in this in like a middle and stretch position like I said, that's where we build muscle best. So that tells us we shouldn't base it on that. Uh, so it's not the end of the world if we don't get a good squeeze from our movement. Uh, and most of the time, we should try and base our exercises on ones that basically allow us to get a full range of motion and a good stretch. And 
if we choose the opposite, it's a relatively poor movement because we are like if you think about it, see if we choose a exercise like a a dumbbell a dumbbell chest fly. In fact, no, we'll go with a dumbbell lateral raise. That's a better example. So a dumbbell lateral raise. If you are performing a dumbbell lateral raise, there's not a lot of tension at the bottom, but there's a lot of tension at the top. So there's not a lot of tension in the stretch position and in the middle position, which is the bottom of the movement. But the most tension is at the top in the, basically the shortened or contracted or the position where we get a good squeeze. So as a result, due to having not a lot of tension at the bottom, you could say it's not the best exercise to train your side delts with or the side of your shoulders. However, we can overcome this by, let's say, doing partials uh, when we can't no longer get full reps at the top. But let's say, uh, put that to the side. Uh, that tells us that dumbbell lateral raise, if we're just stopping when we can't get any more full reps, it's a relatively poor movement because you're going to be limited by how much load you can lift at the top and not how much load you can lift at the bottom when we are stronger, when we can produce more force and where we can build muscle best. So you could think about it as we are kind of undertraining the position where we can build muscle best if we're just stopping when we can't get any more full reps and we can't get another, yeah, another full rep basically where we can't get to that contracted position. Also, something that is also beneficial to do is see if we can match our exercises to our capabilities. It's arguably going to be more effective as we're working hard the full time. For example, like uh, if let's say we're doing a cable lateral race or a machine lateral race, then during that during that movement, we are going to be basically like a cable lateral race. If you set it up well, you're going to be struggling. See on that last rep, your last rep, you're going to be struggling throughout that full range of motion because the tension stays on your shoulder the full time. There's tension at the bottom, there's tension at the top. And just because it's a cable doesn't mean it will do this. It depends how you set it up. But for the most part, this basically tells us the cable lateral raise on paper is a better exercise than the dumbbell lateral raise and will probably be more effective at training the side of your shoulder. Uh, and the same applies like a cable fly or a dumbbell fly. And like a cable fly is uh, doing like on the cable stack or if you've got like a cable or a chest fly machine or like a pec deck, it's also called. If you're performing that, the tension will be on your chest at all parts of the range, even the top where you get a good squeeze. And the reason why is at the top of a chest fly, if you're using cables, if you are, we'll, we'll go with a machine for now. It's a better example. It's a bit easier to understand. At the top of a chest fly, due to the way the machine's wanting to travel, the weight isn't trying to, the, the gravity isn't trying to force it down towards your chest. The gravity is trying to force the handles out. So basically like to your left and your right. Uh, unlike when we're doing a dumbbell fly, when we are at the top, gravity is trying to force the weight straight down towards our chest. And as a result of gravity trying to work, work it straight down towards our chest, what's that going to mean? That's going to mean the load is stacked over our joints. So the load is stacked over our elbow, our shoulder joint. So we're not going to have any tension on our chest in this position. So if, let's say, you reach failure doing a chest fly or dumbbell fly, then you might fail at the bottom of a dumbbell fly, but you might still have a lot of energy in your chest. You might have a lot of capabilities in your chest to finish the movement. 
Same with a keyboard dumbbell lateral raise. If your last rep is extremely slow start to finish, you're going to be working harder the full time. As a result, you can arguably say you're going to get more out of each set, which is why we want to basically choose movements where it's where it's hard for the full rep, which is basically called the exercise's resistance profile, if that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, that's why we basically want to do so. And uh, also something else to consider is like if we do, yeah, if we do like a set on the cable lateral or a dumbbell lateral, then what are we going to get more out of if we do one set to the same level of effort? Most likely the cable lateral because it's not under training any part of the rep. So you can arguably get more out of each set, <clears throat> which means not have to do as much total sets in the gym, not have to do as much volume, which means taking your joint through range of motion less times, which means potentially less wear and tear over time. And you can apply this to other body parts as well. So yeah, obviously th there's a lot to this. Like I've just kind of like dived into like a rabbit hole where there's there's like many, many movements that could go over many topics to cover, but I'm going to try and try and keep kind of this momentum going and cover some topics that will tie into this episode. But I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Quick recap. So basically our muscles are weakest in the shortened position. So here, if you're watching it on video, they are strongest in the mid position and are, weak, and are second weakest in the lengthened position. In the lengthened position, you've also got help from passive structures like your tendons and ligaments, that sort of thing. And we also build muscle best in that middle and lengthened position. So we want to base exercises that load that position best. And sensation is when we usually get a good squeeze and contraction. It can also be caused by many other factors. Uh, but it's not where we build muscle best, so we shouldn't rely on sensation to determine what a good exercise is. So it's not the end of the world if you don't get a good squeeze. And if, let's say, we get a good squeeze, but it's really, really light at the other part of the rep, then it might be actually a poor movement on paper. And also, if we can match our exercises to our capabilities, which means make exercises harder for the full range, like a cable lateral versus a dumbbell lateral, or cable fly versus a dumbbell fly, arguably you're going to get more out of the movements that you're performing in the gym and more out of each set and more muscle growth as a result of that. So hope you enjoyed the episode and you took something from it. And like I said, I'll try and continue this momentum going uh, forward in regards to like future episodes. Uh, but yeah, pick exercises that load the middle and straight and lengthen position or the stretch position for the most part and uh, focus on keeping them the same. So you get efficient at movement patterns and get strong at them if you're wanting to build muscle. So thank you very much for listening. I uh, hope you have noticed the new mic uh, and uh, the audio is a bit better for you guys. And if you did enjoy it, please feel free to like, subscribe, share it in your story, share it with friends, that sort of thing, and help grow the podcast further. Greatly appreciate everyone's support as always and hope everyone has a great day.